Today, the Below Average Joe's MMA Show presents the Weekend Preview. And boy, is it a big one as UFC 279 is coming up with Hamzat Chimaev being sent in like the goon to take out the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Nate Diaz on the last fight of his UFC contract. Also, we're recapping week seven of the Contender Series and Anderson Silva. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> looks to defend the sport of MMA. All this and more, and it all starts right now. Welcome back, everybody. I gave a little welcome, a little wh Ooh, let me have some of that Cool Whip. What'd you say? You can't have a pie without Cool Whip. Cool Whip? Cool Whip, yeah. Welcome back, everybody, to the show episode 235 i'm trying to read behind dominic's uh, head there um preview episode of course ufc 279 and much much more don't want to repeat too much of what i literally just got done telling you in our little intro uh dominic how are you doing um as you can tell the bed frame behind me has still not been moved from the premises yeah. I, I have I have definitely uh, slacked on getting that out of here, but man, I have this whole room and all. I I just have the desk right here. Like I don't really need all this space, so you know what? I'm gonna just you know just gonna stay there for a little bit longer. How you feeling? Uh, it's all about the decor, and I really love it. I'm doing well, Noah. It's just a it's a wonderful time. You know, it's a wonderful time of the year, but it's mm. not Christmas time just yet. But college football is back it's yeah, in it feels swing. like christmas yeah. yes it does the nfl is back tonight the day you're watching or listening to this oh, show wow. ufc 279 going down this weekend hamza chamayev nate diaz oh my goodness it's just life's good it's good to be an mma fan it's good to be a podcaster everything's good in our neck of the woods no i'm excited for another preview show episode 235 how are you doing as we get into the middle of september damn near yeah, I mean, this is the best time of the year. I bought a second TV for my living room. I have a perfect setup for for not just, you know, I mean, really just a whole weekend. I mean, oh, yeah. because it's not just about football. I mean, the UFC is Saturday as well. Yes. Once Bellator's on or PFL, you know, yes. those Fridays, you know, there's going to be some football on at the same time. But yes, I mean the weekends start early now. That's mm. this time of year, Thursday through Sunday. It's not well through Monday, really. I mean, yes. it's just nonstop. Um, it's a very exciting time of the year. Admittedly, I do, we do a podcast about MMA. We absorb the sport of MMA more than any other. Yes. But I'd be lying to you guys if I didn't say I don't have a soft spot for football in my heart. Like if oh, you made, yeah. like the rest of the year, MMA is my number one sport. But during these few months. It's, it's like a tug I mean, of war. It's, it's a, it's a toss up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which I, which is not a knock on MMA. That just tells you how much you love football at the same right. time. You know? Right. So, um, but I, we do have to kind of, uh, air out a little grievance here real quick. I mean, okay. we, we got to talk about something. So what comes with football, the, the thing that Dominic, uh, throws Uh-oh. himself into the most is fantasy football. Oh, As I'm sure many of you do. Um, me and Dominic started a league of our own. Yeah. All in the family. Yeah. Shout out to the FedEx package handlers, my team. Yeah. 
that if you want to give your team a shout, shout out. Shout out to the Champions Club. Also, that's a shout out to Dr. Disrespect as well, if you didn't know. Oh, I wish you wouldn't have said that. Oh, I know. I know. Anyways, um, so the grievance is that I had to tread lightly with doing a league with Dominic again. Oh, boy. Um, is this happening was, now, not later? All right. Yeah, yeah. We, we're, we're doing this on a recording. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. There was a an incident. Let's just call it an incident. Uh, the last time me and Dominic did a fantasy league together. Wow. Um, yeah, it's been probably about three or four years ago. Um, how do I word this? Where he essentially uh, robbed us all blind. Uh, mm. Cheat, you know, cheated his way to a victory. Oh, how that's you, a hard. That's a harsh word. I like the um, robbery one better. Yeah, let's let's put it like this. So our buddy Branson, yeah. friend of the show. Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes. Oh, you should be to you all the time because True. True. <laughs> Branson, realizing his team had no chance, <laughs> essentially traded. I mean, everybody that was worth the shit to Dom for people that weren't worth near as much of a shit. Yep, basically. And the only fault that the rest of the league ha- had was that they were not as perceptive to the, I guess, intentions of mm-hmm. these two. Yeah. But I knew. I knew yeah. once the trade went through, I knew what Dominic had done. Yeah. I mean, and Branson's just as guilty. But yeah, true. Dominic ends up winning the whole league. I had to give him all the money. You know, he yep. I never forget he texted me. He was like, Hey, good good year. He's like, Don't worry, you know, if you want to give it to me in like tens or you know, hundreds, it don't matter to me. <laughs> I was like, Oh, this cocky motherfucker. <laughs> so I remember uh, my a lot of people were very heated about this. My stepdad said he'd never do a league with them again. My cousin who lost to you in the, the finals. Mm. In the championship, I should say. He said he would never do a league with you guys again. I mean, there, were, there was a lot of anger. Mm. But it happened. Here I rallied the troops. <laughs> um, we, we made another league. Quickly. It happened very yep. fast. Dominic put into the role as commissioner, maybe against my better judgment, considering I do have him and Branson on thin ice to give Dom that much control. But he kind of just did it. And we go into the draft, and... Who has mm. the first pick? Yeah, that's really got to be the icing on I mean, the cake. It's got to be. I see Champions Club has the first pick, and I'm like, huh. Yeah. Who's the commissioner of this league again? Oh, it's Dom? Yeah. Well, I, I text him, and I said, you know, congratulations on Jonathan Taylor, you son of a bitch. <laughs> so what do you have to say for yourself on this one? Yeah, so it, it really – I would never do that, by the way, guys. I, I've been playing – the trade thing, listen – I'm, I'll address that first. The trade yeah, thing was something that I, I, w- I would have never had the opportunity to do before and never will again, and the opportunity presented itself. I took it. That's how that happened. And do I regret it? Well, no, I don't. Can, um, you, but... confirm, can you confirm or nor, can, can you confirm or deny that you did give a cut of your winnings to Branson? I don't think I gave him anything. I don't think. So he really just did that out of the kindness of his heart. Yeah, basically. What a, what a what, guy. What a prick. Anyways, <laughs> continue. Um, but the draft thing, that's a bad look. Like, And that's why, and I literally remember texting you, and we kind of are like three-manning this in terms yeah. of like getting everything together. And I was like, random, 615, ESPN does it. That's how they kind of do it every year. 
But there was one other time where I've done a league and it did the same damn thing. And I'm just like, this is a terrible. This looks terrible on me. It looks like I gave myself the first pick. So this year I literally was going to text and say, should I just throw names in a hat and like pull them? But I did. I, I don't know. And then we just ended up setting it to the random thing because that's the default setting. And it gives me the first pick again. That was a genuine reaction to Noah in the group <laughs> chat saying, you're joking. There's no way yeah. that that's what happened. Um, I literally, not that I'm annoyed. I, I mean, listen, if if, I'm, if that's what they're giving me, I'm taking JT all day. But mm-hmm. I'm annoyed at the fact that it looks bad. Yeah, it I looks mean, bad. In but all seriousness, again, I, would I know I know he had the setting. I, yeah. I checked the settings. I mean, I, I I know I'm just busting his balls a little bit, but yeah. it was just it was very funny because he is on he is on thin ice yeah. this season. Yeah, and then the, immediately he gets the first pick, which, admittedly, I don't like having the first pick. And dude, fantasy. I didn't. It was a little weird. I um, yeah, especially when you get to like 10, 12 man leagues. Yeah. Like guys don't think it works very well. But I mean, getting Jonathan Taylor, I mean. Whatever. Enjoy him, I guess. He's a son of a bitch. Anyways. I hope so. Let's talk about the main event. But first, mm-hmm. we got to talk about points bet sportsbook. What a time to talk about him. Yep. <laughs> Very true. I mean, I really just gave you a commercial right there for why you should sign up. I mean, it's football season. Basketball's right around the corner. Yeah. MLB playoffs starting yeah. in October. I mean, what a time of year, guys. Every And day. UFC 279, Saturday. Yes. So, points bet sportsbook is the official betting partner of the Below Average Joe's MMA show. And we have a great offer for you guys right now. I mean, like right this second. Literally. If you go to to the description, I always, always, a little bit of a pretzel puts Mm -hmm. my tongue in there. Mm -hmm. If you go to the description of today's episode, there is a link. Yes. You take that link, you sign up, and on your initial deposit, Points bet is going to match up to two thousand dollars, one hundred percent of your initial deposit. Well, well, why say no? We're talking free money for you guys to use for your degenerate needs. Yes. Um, there's also another way that you mm-hmm. can get this. If you just want to download the app right away, you can do so. Points bet sportsbook app. At sign up, use code MMA Joe's, and you get the offer. So happy betting, everyone! Live your bet life. Yes. And let's get into the main event. Here we go. Because all these odds, by the way, points bet sportsbook odds exclusively. So yes, yes. Hamza Chemaev does come in minus one 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 zero. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't know how to really say that. Minus one thousand one hundred and ten. Yes. And he's taking on Nate Diaz plus six seventy five underdog. Hamza, of course, ranked number three in the division. Nate Diaz currently unranked. So this has been a very messy, just messy affair. It feels like a Game of Thrones season that we've been mm. experiencing with this. Um, dare I say it's been one of the, since I've been a fan, like since I've been watching live, which has only been, I guess, what are we on, six years now, Dom? I mean, yeah, over six years, though. So we're about over six years. I mean, that's a good, that's a good chunk. But since I've been watching, this has probably been like the, the biggest black eye that the UFC has really faced since I've really been watching. I mean, there's been a lot of things, right? There's but matchmaking wise. Yeah. yeah. But like in terms of just a situation where you really don't feel like you can defend them. Mm. There's a lot of them where maybe you could, where it's a little bit of, he said, he said, or he said, she said, whatever. 
this feels pretty clear. Like UFC is kind of screwing this guy out the door a little bit. Um, and they're giving him Hamza Chimaev, who of course is looked at to be one of the future stars. I mean, he's already kind of that, but he's sort of the future of the company in a lot of ways. Yeah. Nate Diaz kind of being viewed as the past at this point. He's still a needle mover, but his best days potentially behind him. And I think the odds are really illustrating that. So Dominic, Mm -hmm. I think to Nate's credit, he's an exceptional fighter even still. Even in a fight like against Leon Edwards, who's now our welterweight champion, nearly finishes that fight kind of similar to how Leon did the Usman, but with a a left hand instead, uh, had Leon on skates for the last minute of that fight. Um, Still a great fighter, of course. One of the just legends of the sport. He's had a lot of great wins through his career. Hamzat. Kind of a guy that's still pretty fresh. I mean, not doesn't have a ton of fights in the UFC. He's coming off of a big win over Gilbert Burns, one of the fights of the year. Mm-hmm. But one that might have, you know, showed a little bit of flaw in, in Hamzat. So when you kind of look at this fight, you look at the odds, the, the story's pretty clear on how this fight should go. Yeah. But the question is, is that how it's going to go? Oh, Noah. I, is it crazy that with odds like this, I don't have a damn clue how the fight's going to go? You know, like, I, I, Nate Diaz is the toughest bastard in the UFC, in mixed martial arts, dare I say. This dude's been through it all, and OG, the realest of the real, too, in terms mm. of the way that he acts, the way that he walks, the way that he talks, everything he is, he's about that life. He's one of those guys. But honestly, everything we've seen from Hamzat Chmaev has been... Basically the same of what I just described Nate Diaz as. Dare I say he's the new age Nate Diaz in the way that he carries himself. That could be a bit bold. I know. I know. But, man, it's just you think on paper, as basic as you can describe it, Hamzat comes in and he smash. He smashes mm-hmm. Nate Diaz. But can anybody really do that? I mean, I, I just don't know. I don't see a world necessarily where Nate wins. But I'm also not seeing a world in which Hamzat comes in and just ragdolls Nate and finish him like he's done with, you know, many of his opponents outside of Gilbert Burns, that is. And he's still got a great win in that one. So I I, I just don't know what to expect. Like, Nate's good on the ground, but can he really use his jiu-jitsu if Chemayev's on top of him? On the feet, Nate's a solid boxer, but Hamzat's going to have more power than him. Is Nate going to be able to, like, pick apart, piece up Chemayev? I just... I don't know. Gilbert had success, but he has a lot more power. Noah said that off recording. Mm. I just, I, I don't know a method in which Nate can win this fight. And although I think Hamzat's going to win, he should win. I don't really know how he's going to do it either. So I, I, this is as crazy as these odds are, as crazy as the fight is, as crazy as the storylines have been. I don't have a damn clue what's going to happen when the cage door locks on Saturday night. But I do hope that Noah has a little bit better of an idea than myself. <laughs> well, let's 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 dig into Hamzat Gilbert Burns first. That's yeah. the fight that, you know, a lot of people walked away kind of putting a little bit of a pause yeah. on Hamzat, on his hype, right? And we kind of were in the camp of, like, you shouldn't put a pause on it. I think that win proved how legit he is. Yes. But there is some things that were in there where, I mean, I think we were looking at him at the beginning of the year 
being championed by the end as like a foregone conclusion. Mm-hmm. Now I think you have to put like a little bit of like I still think he's a future champion, but maybe not as quickly and as thoroughly mm-hmm. as we originally were maybe thinking. Fair because that Gilbert Burns fight, he fought very what's I mean what's a word to describe it? He was very disorganized in his approach. I mean it was very um, balls to the wall. Not a lot of fight IQ. I think, I, I think he made it harder on himself than what it needed to yeah, be. Yeah, like, don't get me wrong. Gilbert is a terrific oh, yeah. fighter. I mean, he fought oh, yeah. for a belt. He had Kamaru hurt. A lot of people forget that. I think there's a chance Gilbert could fight for a belt again, for sure. But, I mean, Hamza really kind of fought with reckless abandon when I really don't think he needed to in that way. Right, right. Especially in the stand-up department. I mean, he seemed very just committed to trying to get a knockout quickly. And then he ran into some just hammers that Gilbert was throwing and was kind of like, Oh shit. And it really evened that fight out. Yeah. Um, Obviously Hamza got the win. It was a pretty clear two one at the end, but to me, he defensively was very just not on it. Yeah. I'm trying to think of better words. I mean, here, but they're not coming to me as as this is what it, this is what the corporate America does to you people. Just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, he just defensively wasn't very sound in that fight. I mean, again, he was looking for a finish. He was aggressive, but he left a lot of openings. Mm-hmm. Gilbert had the power to hurt him, and he did multiple times. I mean, took a whole round where it looked like Hamzat was was looking a little dicey, dicey there for a second. With Nate Diaz, don't see that happening. Not on the feet. I mean, yeah. he's a good boxer, but I don't see him, like you said, picking him apart. Mm-hmm. Um, Hamzat just, I think he's too too big, too aggressive, too like powerful, too quick at this point to really... I don't think that hand that... Nate threw at Leon. I don't think that does the damage to Hamzat that it did to Leon. Yeah. Put it that way. Could I be wrong? Of course. But I just don't really see Nate being able to fight that way. But admittedly, there is so much pressure on Hamzat here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Nate said that, you know. that, That he he is being given what is essentially the biggest name in the sport that's active right now who is looked at as not being nearly in his prime anymore. We can debate on where he really stands at this point. But that's what the UFC... I mean, they're really trying to give him a layup in a lot of ways. Yeah. Get the biggest name on your resume and a main event spot, and then you cash in with potentially a title fight next. Mm -hmm. But if he goes in there and struggles at all, or you know can't put Nate away, even if he dominates a five-round decision... Does that raise more questions than it does give answers? Because I sort of wonder if that's what we're facing here. And again, are we? Get, I almost feel like I see a future where we get on here Sunday, we record for Monday, and we're going to be like almost defending Hamzat against people being very reactionary again. Because yeah. look at those odds. Those odds tell you that Hamzat smash. Yeah, right. But if he does, but not enough to really put Nate away, who we know how durable. Yeah, hardly that man anyone. Is. Yeah. 
But is the takeaway going to be that Hamzat, he got a gimme with a 38, 39-year-old Nate, Nate Diaz, who's already on his the way out, couldn't finish him. You know, is this going to be the narrative? And it's going to be kind of piling on after the Gilbert fight where people thought he did not fight like a championship-level fighter. Are we going to find ourselves defending him again and being like, guys, he's a great – I mean, he's he's probably a future champion. you got to realize Nate's so durable. I think I'm seeing a future here where I don't know if Hamzat can really please anybody with this fight. Yeah, I can see that happening come Sunday when we record. It's just like – and the haters are always going to be out there, but just skeptics in general of this guy's talent being the way that he was pushed or the way the UFC views him, whatever the case, their opinions on this fight, big Nate fans. There's a ton of different angles people can come at with that same viewpoint that Noah just described. And, you know, it's just like, I don't necessarily foresee it, this happening, but like, do we even get to a world where it does go five and Homsot just plays with his food? Like even intentionally, I, I don't necessarily think so. I just, I'm really, it's hard to imagine any sort of way that this fight ends for both guys. I don't know why I'm struggling so badly there. I mean, but I personally feel like Hamzad is going to come out guns a-blazing, like Lee Jingliang fight type style, (coughs) and really look to just pummel Nate. And again, easier said than done. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. But if I really had to say this is what I think is likely to happen, or at least in terms of a game plan for Hamza, I think that's it. I think he absolutely just barn burner, just straight at Nate, no room to breathe, right on top of him from the get-go. And truthfully, I think that's the best way to go about it. Do you really want to take any chances with Nate? Like, Don't get me wrong, Leon, the way that he fought Nate, that's just Leon's style. And Leon looked amazing in that fight, guys. I hate that that last minute ruined his whole performance because Leon looked incredible. Even his wrestling, I mean, it was great. But uh, again, like maybe Hamzat does see that hand that Nate landed on Leon, and he's like, oh, shit. I I just got into a war with Gilbert. I got injured there, wobbled a little. What if that just one perfect shot clips me when I don't see it? I don't know if Chemayev (laughs) wants to put that at risk. You said that the pressure is on him, the weight of the world is on his shoulders uh, going in here Saturday night, his first main event on pay-per-view. I think he tries to go in and just pummel Nate. That's what I think he should do and what I think he's going to try to do. Well, let's talk about Nate Diaz a little bit too because he is in a very peculiar situation, right? He's yeah. um, There's talks now. It looks like he's going to be starting up his own fight promotion, which uh, maybe we'll talk about that more once the fight's taken place, just kind of what that might mean. But um, last fight of his deal, a lot of people talking about a you know a boxing fight in his future with the gentleman who we might talk about a little bit later. Um, what really, I mean, what's the motivation for Nate here? Because I because I mean we've had I mean I've seen legit takes. Not going to expose anybody. <laughs> I've seen motherfuckers telling me that Nate he could just go in there and lay down and flip off the Dana and the boys as he's walking out. I've great, seen that more though I mean, this week. I have. That's a great little fan fiction that I just, that just got read to me, but there is a less than 0% chance that happens. Yeah. Do you agree? Or do you, I mean, do you really think that there's a chance? I mean, I'm not talking about like a, 
do you think there's a chance like he gets one he gets a nice shot like almost like what Nick did against Robbie a little bit yeah like he he took a really clean shot and if this was like the Nick Diaz who was obviously in a much better place may he's still coming forward but there he was like man probably just broke my nose like fuck this and kind of yeah. just dropped down yeah I mean do you think there's a world where Nate sort of do you think he thinks like that? Does he weigh these kind of things and goes, uh, I got bigger fish to fry outside of this fight? No, man. It goes back to what I said at the beginning about Nate. This dude is, he lives and breathes the fight game. That's what he's about. That's what he, it's like in his blood. There's no way that I could see this man. That goes against everything Nate Diaz stands for yeah. if he goes out there and does that. Um, so I've seen the narrative from our friends and from the community this week. Like, more yeah, no, more. they're not the, they're not the only it. one. I mean, they kind um, of said they were the ones that kind of brought it to me yeah, first. Yeah. And I, I put them in timeout. Right. right. And I almost Might had to put again. them in timeout again just because they yeah. keep reminding me about it. Yeah. But I, I am seeing it. Like, yeah. and, I, and, I, and most of the time when I see it, it's people saying, I wouldn't blame him if he did that. Which, again, not a great look for the UFC here. I mean, that they're sort of even putting this fight together in the first place. It's a massive fight, but it really does feel like a, the UFC has not gained themselves any friends by putting this fight together here. Yeah, for sure. And it's definitely not you know on in Nate's best interest to make this fight. But he did kind of make it clear with his, the interview with Brett that he's like, doesn't necessarily have any hatred toward the UFC. He loves the UFC. Yeah. Dana talked about how they still have a very strong relationship. He wishes him the best. We'd love to have him come back if he wants. If not, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, if Nate were to really come in there and lay down, take a dive, I think that's the word I was looking for, the phrase. You want to talk about burning bridges for your future, for that fight promotion. If you want to do any, get it on Fight Pass or, you know, whatever the case may be, re-sign with the UFC, like anything like that all out the window and noah has even said that with other ventures if he wants to go to bellator people or go box like people don't recognize that like if you do that yes i get it maybe he has a right to right maybe he is being screwed so bad that maybe he should stick it to them whatever but if he legitimately did something to where and, and i don't think that like our friends are necessarily saying he's just gonna go in there lay down and walk out like i'm but if it was something where you could kind of sniff it out, right? If it was just a little obvious, like, wait a minute. Nate really just, I mean, like, I think he just took a dive right there. Like, I think he just quit. Yeah. I don't see any promoter, any sport <laughs> outside of him. I don't see it. He would be blacklisted. I mean, yeah. how could you, as if you are a venue like Madison Square Garden, and you got Jake Paul coming to you saying, we want to do a fight with Nate Diaz, they'd say, hell no. The guy who just fucking quit yeah. like in the first 15 seconds of his fight there ain't no chance showtime would say hell no yeah. they would do times two on that like yeah. it just i i don't think people think about that kind of stuff and i also just don't think it's in nate's blood to do it i mean well and let's just be honest here noah and everybody listening and watching yeah that'd be a fuck you right that's like the 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 narrative behind that whole thing no the biggest fuck you for nate is to go in there and beat Hamzat yeah. Shemaev. Which you know that, he thinks he can. Yes, absolutely he thinks mm. he can, or he's not in this fight. Nate yeah. Diaz is not in this fight for any other reason than to come in there and shock the world again because he's done it before, let us not forget. Let so. me tell you, we're struggling to predict how this fight's going to go, and I mean rightfully so. You know, It's just <laughs> such a yeah. – it feels like the result's inevitable, but 
or like the winner is inevitable, but it's like, how do we get there? You know? Yeah. One thing I expect, I expect a lot of theatrics here. Oh yeah. I expect oh, middle yeah. fingers. I mean, maybe he'll do like what Nick did against Anderson Silva, lay down on the ground a little bit, you know, do that kind of stuff. I expect Hamzat to be all about that. He's I, practicing I, his slaps to get ready yeah. for Nate. So I, I think this is going to be, I expect this fight to be pretty one-sided if I had to guess. Yeah. But I think it's going to be quite a bit of fun. Like, I I, don't, I, think, I would predict right now a Hamzat decision. I really don't think he finishes Nate Diaz. And I think Nate will get so much credit and love for just being able to weather that storm. I imagine him, like, bloody in round five. Mm-hmm. He takes a really clean shot. And he just throws a middle finger up at Hamzat. Says, like, you can't kill me. Yeah, yeah. No, Kind of like that. The last stand, you know? Yeah. I got one question, and maybe we ask it again on Monday, depending on the result. But should Nate come out here and win this? Literally, come out here and win. What are we talking here in terms of like biggest upsets ever? Biggest what like the storylines? The, the MMA world. Well, it got flipped on its head when Leon just won the belt. Yeah. What would a win? This is different, though. This is different. I mean, Leon definitely was a huge story. It still is a huge story. But a whole different type of narrative. But this is, I mean, one of your biggest stars ever who is sort of being talked about like he doesn't have a lot left. Being fed to the young, the youngest, hottest new thing, the new toy, right? Hamzat. If he beats Hamzat Chemaev, there is no question that the UFC have to do everything in their power to keep him under oh, yeah. contract. You oh. have to throw him every dollar. I mean, they might as well just give him the company. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Like, at that point, you are talking one of the biggest upsets ever. Should it be? Like, is it really a bigger upset than, like, I mean, some of the big ones in history, the Matt Serra over GSP. the Holly Ronda. And I, I mean, really, should Holly and Ronda even been? <laughs> but, yeah, I get the, uh, yeah. the point here. It's it's up there, though, for sure. I mean, just look at those odds. I mean, yeah. a yeah. minus over 1,000, I mean, that's literally saying, like, there's not a chance they're losing here. Right, right. So. We'll but see. that will be something to <laughs> we'll find out on Monday for sure. Oh but yeah, oh yeah. It'll be that'll be an interesting episode. Uh, let's talk about the co-main. So to this card's credit, you know we 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 had done a lot of we spent a lot of time kind of pooing on this card, <laughs> and rightfully so. I mean, there was some couple really good fights added. This is one of them. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the UFC definitely had to pivot, realizing like, wait a minute, we can't just do what boxing does and put a one fight card out there. Mm-hmm. No, you can't. You gotta, you gotta do a little bit more. I mean, Hamzat and Nate's a great fight in terms of star power, but I don't know if it can quite carry a whole pay-per-view anymore. It's just, it's not Connor, you know, and I know right. a lot of Nate fans might hate me for saying that, but it's just, I mean, Connor Cowboy was what yeah. this card was three weeks ago. I mean, that's so anyways, uh, the co-main though, it's, been quickly put together, but it's a bit going under the radar, in my opinion, because the leech, Li Jingliang, he's back, number 14, in this welterweight division. And he's welcoming Mr. Tony Ferguson, the number 11-ranked lightweight, moving up, trying to give it one last go. Of course, Tony Ferguson won the Ultimate Fighter back in the day at welterweight, but has spent the entirety of his UFC career as a lightweight 
one of the best to ever do it, I would say, at that mm-hmm. division. So that is not the Tony we are seeing now, though, Dom. He has lost four straight. Um, two of those via finish. The last one, a very brutal mm. knockout to Michael Chandler. That was back in May, by the way. So yeah, not a huge layoff. You know, what is it, five months? A little over no, five months. Four, no, about four months. Or wait, yeah, May's the fifth month of the year. Yeah, You're so right. Four, so about four months here since we last seen him. It's been a little bit longer for the Leech. I think the last time he fought was – or no, no, he fought – He just sorry, fought in July. Fought, yeah, he just fought in July. I'm sorry. Um, I guess – how do you expect this to go with Tony, right? I mean, we, yeah. we love Tony Ferguson. It's pretty clear – He's not the same fighter that he was when he was on that 12-fight winning streak or whatever it was and, you know, was the interim champion. I mean, he really felt like if he wasn't the best lightweight in the world, he was number two. I mean, he was right there. He is clearly not that guy anymore. But is the new weight class, is is this level of opponent and the leech who's good but, you know, isn't number 14 in division, is this going to be the kind of – is this the makings of like a, a a great performance for Tony, or do you think this is just going to be the nail in the coffin? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, guys, granted he's going up in weight, right? He's not going down, so we don't like you know. But he's thirty eight years old. Even I, I, I just don't know. Like, is there really a long future here for him at welterweight? Anyways, um, this fight really came together super randomly, out of nowhere, short notice, and I mean, it's not necessarily an easy matchup to welcome yourself into the 170 pound division either for tony i mean the leech is a dog man and this dude's got legitimate knockout power he just had a knockout in july and tony just had a vicious knockout loss earlier this year too like noah said so it's not easy i'll tell you what it should be a fun fight i would imagine it's a fun fight but you know the leech at minus 325 a bit steep but i'm not necessarily surprised man i just i mean he's four years younger he carries a lot more power he's been at 170 a long time uh tony's not gonna look necessarily smaller but i do feel like just overall weight when they're in the cage lee's gonna be pretty damn big he's a big dude man yeah the he's he's thick right i've been saying that a lot about a lot of fighters lately but hey tony's gonna make it fun and he always does but it, it's an uphill battle. It really is. I mean, regardless of what, you know, what is Lee? He's 11 and 5 in the UFC. A couple wins here, a couple losses there. Uh, but don't get it twisted. This dude is a legitimate talent. He's very dangerous. And he's still looking to make a run with his career at number 14 at, at this weight class. So it's tough for Tony. I, I wish that maybe we saw this move a little sooner um, in that kind of losing streak that he's on. But. Better late than never. I just, I don't know what to expect from Tony, man. Like, are you expecting anything out of the ordinary? Something different? He's changed his camps. He's got different coaches with yeah. him, albeit. But I don't know, man. It's yeah, a lot of Tony. people. See, you know, I'm not, I'm not very smart about the camps. I've, I've admitted that. Like, that's kind of my blind spot with MMA. Like, I kind of know the obvious ones, but. A lot of people are saying him going to Jackson Wink is not going to be to his benefit. Like, it's kind of an odd fit, I guess, uh, for his style. Um, I've heard a lot of people not very high on that move. But, I mean, it's something, right? He's obviously trying. And going to a new weight class, I mean, I really am worried about this fight. I mean, I'm, I'm being quite frank. But let's look at, let's try to do a positive spin here. 
Tony looked great before the knockout against Michael Chandler. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he had Mike on the ropes there at the beginning of round one. That whole first round, he looked great. He won the round. Had a knockdown. It's just, you know, 17 seconds into round two, he was knocked out cold. Yeah. And that's kind of the the thing I worry about here is I, I could fully see Tony looking great. I mean, I think he would, he might be a more skilled fighter overall than the leech is if you really think about it. But I just don't know if it can hold up over three rounds. I just, yeah. I don't know if he can take the shots anymore. And I mean, Jing Liang packs a punch and he packs a punch at 170 pounds. Yeah. I, I, and I and I also don't love the vibes coming from Tony Ferguson this week. Um, he is kind of doubling down on what he was doing during the fight week against Michael Chandler, where he's kind of saying he just wants out. He's like, I want out. He's yeah. like, I'm just taking this fight to get out of my contract. And is this his last one? Like that? I don't know. I'm not okay. sure if it is, but that's what he's saying. It's kind of like I'm taking this just to move uh. on. And when I hear stuff like that, I kind of... I don't like that. It doesn't... I mean, who's the last few people we've heard talk like that? It's like Luke Rockhold and, I mean, Tony going into the Chandler fight. It's Nate Diaz now being put with Hamza. Like, it's... These guys, when they start talking like this, I and I get it. They might have every... They have every right to. And I'm sure it comes from a real place of, like disrespect on behalf of the UFC like I get it like I'm not saying that this is it just seems like anytime you see these fighters start to speak out like this they just don't tend to like it te- It almost comes too late to where it would matter like if Tony yeah. was talking like this when he was like interim champion I mean whoa right what a yeah. statement Yeah. but it's now when he's on a four fight losing streak that this these these the shit's coming out and to me it's just not the best vibes going into a fight where you're kind of focused on some of these out of the cage elements here and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i'm not expecting this to go very well if i'm being honest yeah i don't know man it, it i am struggling to see a, a route in which tony can win i think i he... i definitely see it more than like the nate fight like i see oh, the yeah. route i see yeah. the route to victory i mean i what in specific if if you you know i mean i do think that tony again i think there could be something to him going to 170 pounds i mean you look yeah. at him on the ultimate fighter dude looked great like he filled out a lot better than you would expect going up 15 pounds is a big difference guys because i mean you look at like when max went up 10 right didn't look like he really filled in all that well tony mm-hmm. back when he was at 170 i mean he had the show the traps i mean he had he he looked good at that yeah. weight class. Um, obviously, he had so much success at lightweight that it didn't matter. But, you know, I think he'll fill out pretty well. I think he'll look good. If he were to win this fight, I mean, it's going to be being a better technical fighter than the leech. It's being able to n- take a punch and obviously not get hit that much. But, I mean, I, I don't know. You're kind of you're kind of caught me there like i i see the route but it's also like you know it would be very unpredictable because i don't really see the fight going that way yeah ultimately like my prediction would be jing liang all the way but i do think that if you take to what tony did so well in the first fight where his movement was very good 
Um, his boxing was very good. And then if this fight goes to the ground, it could get really interesting because Tony yeah. is lethal with his submissions. Yeah. And, I mean, Jing Liang, not quite as well-versed down there. Yeah, true. I don't so, know. Tony, like and you said, unpredictable in terms of, like, if he were to win. But that's the way that Tony is just as a fighter, unpredictable, yeah. unorthodox. No one's not, no one's ever been as technical yet so untechnical as Tony Ferguson. Well, that's why it's hard to, when you say, like, what's his route to victory almost, or, like, how does he win it? You never really know. You never really know. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's so talented. He still is. Yeah. But, again, he's got to be able It's He's going to get hit with a clean shot at least once here. Yeah. Can he Can he withstand that? Yeah, is I'll the 15 say. pounds going to help him, or is the fact that his opponent, 15 more pounds of power, going to hurt him even more? I mean, it's... yeah. First round Tony against Chandler, if he's here for this fight, it gets interesting. Yes. It gets very interesting. It does. It does. It does. Let's talk about uh, the Contender Series, Dom. Week 7 happened Tuesday. Already week 7. I know. It's almost it's almost time for it to go away again. I know. What are we going to do on Tuesdays again? It's like, God, I need this to fill out my sports week. You know? We need 52 weeks a year. Yeah. Um, but we got five fights here. Four contracts this time. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you what I always ask you, kind of what stood out, who stood out. Was there anything that stood out about this week of Contender Series? Oh, what do I want to do here? It was such an interesting night of fights. Good ones, weird ones, not necessarily any bad ones. Eh, maybe a bad one. I, I'm going to go with one half of the Bonfim brothers, but I'm going to take Gabriel. He did get the okay. finish in round one via submission over the six foot five by the way trey walters you don't see that very often at welterweight by the way but wow what a crazy wacky fight and then trey looked pretty good by the way with his size and everything on the feet locks in a very tight guillotine uh against bonfine but then all of a sudden bonfine is still in the choke by the way but he works it around to where he can get the von flu set up and before your eyes trey walters is tapping like what the hell's going on here i i didn't know i didn't know what happened um but that was impressive man not only to you know tit for tat on the feet but to keep composure in a very very tight very nasty guillotine and then while you're getting choked pull off a submission of your own i mean i don't recall seeing a submission happen like that in a very long time um and especially on contender to get a contract with your brother, by the way. I mean, that was just a wild fight and one of the craziest finishes of the season so far. So I'm going to go Gabriel Bonfim, going to add a little bit of fun to the 170-pound division. Yeah, getting that Von Pru choke. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, yeah, how awkward would it have been if one of the two brothers didn't get a contract? Like, yeah, he, Dana was kind of forced to do both. That would have made holidays know? very yeah. interesting, right? Like, yeah. They'd be like, uh, I'm just imagining like the Bonfim family sitting down for Thanksgiving, yeah. which I mean, I feel like I'm talking to them like they're, they, they weren't English speaking, right? They're like, they're Brazilian. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I don't, I'm talking like a dumb Yankee here about Thanksgiving. I'm, I'm sure that that's, you know, <laughs> but just walk with me here for a second. I'm walking. Know? Yeah. So the Bonfim family sitting down for Thanksgiving and, um, let's just say like Ismael's like, or Gabriel's like, hey, Ismael, can you pass me, like, the mashed potatoes? He's like, why don't you ask Dana to do it? Since Dana <laughs> loves you so much. Yeah. And then he just, like, throws his napkin down, storms off. Yeah. Just very awkward around the holidays. That's just what I imagine. So, you know, good for them that they 
both got contracts. Um, I really don't have a ton of like takeaways from this week. I mean, it was it was a good week, solid. You know, nothing nuts. You know, yeah, you know, it was it was good. I mean, the main event, Vitor Betrino. Wow, uh, that was a great knockout. Follow up punch was like, <clears throat> like I kind of was like. <laughs> <laughs> Splice in the Connor, huh? (laughs) Right. But, um, yeah, that was a good knockout. And, I mean, I got to address it again, you know, as a gambler. Oh, boy. I mean, Yanni DeGreek is – he keeps falling, man. Did he hit one or two last night? I think – I don't know. But still, I get the point. It was – I mean, he was – I was – people are keeping track now. I feel I, I, I shouldn't feel for a guy who's probably a multimillionaire. And like, <laughs> With the pearly whites, by the way. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of scary how white those yeah. teeth are. I mean, I, yeah. don't get me wrong, I envy it, but yeah, right, holy right. shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, it would, it, there's an episode of Friends where Ross gets, like, these teeth. He gets his teeth white, but it's, like, way too white. Yeah. And he doesn't want to show this girl that he's, like, messing around with or whatever. So she turns the lights off, and then he's like, okay, he <laughs> smiles, but you can see his teeth. Yeah, yeah. That's what I imagine Yanni the Greek experiences. Like, if he's in a movie theater, people are like, get off your phone. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's just my teeth here, guys. Like, exactly, oh. exactly. Um, but, yeah, just seeing people, like, literally keeping track, like, he's now 3-19. and 19, I know, man. It's like, I just, I, I know, because I know, because I've, look. I fa- I almost fade myself sometimes. Yeah, we have to track our own shit, guys, and it ain't pretty sometimes. Yeah, so if other people were tracking my shit, I mean, I'd I would be miserable. Yeah. And he's doing it for contender series. Like that is so much harder than betting on. It's already hard enough betting on just the UFC in yeah. general. Yeah. And then you're bringing in contender series, but I get it. He's like the guy. Like he kind of. I don't know. It's it's all in fun. Like man, I when I first, when I saw the first tweet pop up, I was like. Fading Yanni degree continues. It was like, it always is just a little clip of his bet at the bottom of the screen. Yep. And then you just watch the fight. And you're like, well, well, that one didn't hit. So yeah, uh, that's still my biggest takeaway is that Yanni degree continues to fall. I mean, this is, what a what a fall from grace it's been this year. Hey, I'll say he he did. I remember one bet, and he did do the over in the main event, which hit. He did over one and a half. Tweeted it, or he tweeted out, and he said, "Easy money." And I'm like, Yanni. I get where you're going, buddy, but I mean, I you know, chill out. I respect the flex, but you know, we'll see how he does next week. Maybe yeah, when he's, he's got to get hot, right? You got. I, I, I did see where he said easy money, and I was kind of like, "All right, now you're kind of asking for it." Yeah, I saw people. The responses <laughs> to that were not good. Yeah, uh, but let's get into some tidbits. Oh, One this is tidbit. the part I was waiting for. Yeah, so Dom, this is all Dominic here. Yep. So, Showtime pay-per-view, October 29th. It is mm. official. Yeah. In the ring, mm. you will see Anderson Silva at 47 years old. <laughs> Box, Jake Paul. Everybody's favorite uh, something. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> Anderson Silva versus Jake Paul. I mean, Dominic is the biggest Anderson Silva fan in the world. Yeah, got to be one of. So, I mean, what, what thoughts crept into your mind i mean you it's been kind of this has been talked about for like a year now as being a yeah. possibility yeah now that it's official october yeah. 29th it will happen i mean halloween almost to almost two years to the day yeah 
yeah. of his final fight in the UFC. Yeah, that went well for me. <clears throat> I mean, that's where we all, well, that was the infamous COVID episode. But anyways, yeah. Yep. What what thoughts went into the into the head here? Well, Noah, when it was in the works, like a week or so ago, you sent it, and I said, I knew this day would come. I don't remember what GIF I used, but it probably wasn't a good one. In turn, um, but yeah, but now it's official, and uh, I mean, what do, what do you even do? What do you do? Noah said in our intro to today's show that Anderson Silva has the weight of the, or he's fighting for MMA, I think is the way he put it, or something like that. And he is. But Noah and I have had this conversation relatively recently when Jake Paul's been mentioned on the show. Unfortunately, he does have to be mentioned every now and again. And it's like, how long can that narrative really go on? You know, I mean, at this point, it's all just such a circus. But don't get me, don't get it twisted. I hope Anderson comes out here and absolutely <laughs> just puts on a fucking show, a clinic. I hope he's dancing. I hope Prime Anderson's looking like he was against Julio Chavez Jr. And then he knocks out Jake Paul like he did Tito. I'd, I'd felt bad saying that as it came out, but it's already out there. <laughs> Poor Tito. Um, listen, but here, here's the thing. I hate that this fight's happening. And if Anderson loses, I will have to, I don't know, take a week off. Should we take a wager on that fight? Take like, a, well, hey, for what wager. it's worth, Anderson opening as a favorite, actually. Yeah, small. Like, let's not take an actual wager, but I feel like you should have to do something if Anderson Silva loses. Oh boy, that like could get out of hand. But I'm willing to hear options. Oh, I got something. Oh, you boy. should you should schedule a colonoscopy if he loses. <clears throat> yeah, we're gonna have to tune that down a little. Uh, we got time. We got time to tweak it a month and a half. We'll work. Everybody, on everybody, comment below. Let us know what what Dominic should have to do if Anderson Silva loses. I mean, I think scheduling a colonoscopy is a great start. Yeah, that that worked. Yeah, that's definitely an extreme option there. Uh, I mean, Noah, what what do you think about this? Because you know, I mean, I mean, I, admittedly, guys, I'm the kind of the reason that these. If it was up to Dom, we probably wouldn't talk about Jake Paul at all. Um, I feel right. like since we do kind of talk about when MMA fighters go into boxing, Jake Paul, most of his fights have been against former MMA fighters. It's just kind of wind up for us to talk about him. I mean, I said it the last time we talked about I think I talked about him on the closing statements when his fight fell through his last one. I mean, it's yeah. a circus. You know, yeah. if it's your if it's something you're interested in, like, by all means. I mean, I get it. I get why people like it because he's this influencer, you know. See, it's almost like watching celebrity. Like, if you watch celebrities fight, like legit celebrities, there's something interesting about that, right? Like these, when Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. Yeah, yeah. I was captivated. It broke the internet, yeah. If they would have had a boxing match afterwards, I fucking would have bought it. I mean, yeah. That, that, yeah. Even though those two have no business being in a boxing ring, right? So there's a little bit of that with Jake Paul. Yeah. I mean... I don't know what the end game is. I feel like this is all going. That's what I was leading. about to ask. I feel like it's all leading to nowhere because I mean he's never going to be like a champion. I mean he yeah. says he will be, but he's not. I mean, I mean, like, what 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 does a win over Anderson really do for him outside of yeah he's beaten another? I think MMA, a lot of people. You know? I think for a lot of people, it's going to um, if he really does beat Anderson Silva. And it's not in some kooky, cooked decision, you know, where yeah. it feels like it was 
uh, you know, maybe Anderson should have won. If he, like, knocked out Anderson Silva, I think it would turn a lot of heads. I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I do think there's still going to be that. I mean, he's not really winning over a ton of people here because everybody's still – the people who said before this fight announcement that he needed to stop boxing past our prime MMA fighters aren't going to all of a sudden jump on his side because he's going to – if he beats him out of his prime MMA fighter. Like, it just – I mean, Anderson's definitely a step up in terms of boxing from Tyron Woodley or Ben Askren, but he's 47. I mean, it's got to, I mean, I don't know how old Jake is, but this has got to be damn near 20 year age. I mean, he's now. almost our age. He's like 26 or something. Yeah. 25. I mean, I mean he's, that's he's 187 pounds, eight rounds. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, I'm not going to watch it, truthfully. I'm just not. I we'll can't. have to watch Wonder Boy I can't. Again. Yeah, I'll have to watch <laughs> That was so funny. We were both just so happy to be watching Wonder Boy streaming the fight. Uh, that was yeah. so weird. But, I mean, I'm not going to watch it because I can't. I can't. Like, again. I'm telling I, you right now. I don't, wanna, I don't want people to think when we're, like, kind of shitting on it or talking like this about it that we, like, feel like we're better than it. It's just, look, guys, when we watch – MMA or when I watch boxing, I like to watch the best in the world fight. That, and yeah. this is just, this is something else. I mean, it's, again, it's more similar to like, I mean, what's, I don't even know. A good I don't example. even know. Like yeah. I can't, I, I think I, I used to have some good examples for this, but I mean, it's, it's celebrity boxing. Like, again, if that's what you were looking for, that's, that's fine, but it doesn't feel like legitimate sport to me. Like, you know, Showtime having it, I'm kind of like, really? Like, Showtime? Like, and, like, again, as much as I want Anderson to win, obviously, does that even, like, does that even, does that put a stop to this whole Jake Paul thing? I wonder if that's the bigger question. That's what <sighs> like I Like, if he gets, like, if Jake loses, like, I don't I don't see where, what do you do next? I mean, what I know, you, man. But I'm sure he'll find a way. I mean, the guy is obviously a very intelligent businessman. Like, he is... He's got a lot of hands and a lot of pots, and he has made something out of this whole boxing oh, yeah. thing yeah, more than I ever that. thought that he would have done. And I can't fault the guy for what he's doing. I mean, it's all calculated. Oh, yeah. But if he loses, like, I don't – I mean, I'm really – I'm I'm honestly, guys, I'm feeling a little bit like the Paulo-Luke Rockhold fight where I don't think this fight's going to happen. Ooh, I could see that. I could see that. And I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying that either party is like going to pull out like or but something just it yeah. just doesn't feel like this is a fight that's actually going to happen. I mean, Jake Paul's a fucking underdog. Like he he's really putting a lot on the line here in terms if he, he really wants to keep this boxing thing going, which who knows how much longer the shelf life is on this thing anyways. I think we've talked enough about this. I mean, uh, that was longer than I expected. Yeah, Let's get I, it off. Here. I hate it. Fight announcements. Yeah. Good ones. Uh, we'll start with the small one here. New main event for October 15th. This was originally Jared Cannonier, Sean Strickland. That fights out. We speculated on what it might be. It's Alexa Grasso, Vivian Arreujo, which was, I believe, going to be our co-main. It's now a five-round main event. Dominic, are you impressed? Um. You know, it's unfortunate. I really was pushing for someone else to take that spot, but we're going to talk about him in a few minutes. So, Mm. yeah, I mean, we wanted the other flyweights. We wanted the men's flyweights, Roy Mm. Val and Asgard, to get the spot. They don't. They continue to get the shaft. It's unfortunate. But, I mean, I like Alexa Grasso, and I do like Vivian. It doesn't need to be five rounds, but I'm just excited to see the fight, I guess. But, yeah. 
I mean, Main I was, event doesn't do anything it, for for for. It's a lot better than like Aspen Lad, Norma Dumont. This isn't that yeah. level. And for them, it's I would just even a good say, and I would even argue, know? I'm more interested in this fight than like Angela Hill, Michelle Waterson. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is a very Norma, high level fight. I mean, it's a high level fight, and for Alexa Grasso, I mean, there is, you know. Oh yeah. There is starting to be those whispers of like, how many more is she going to win before we're talking title fights? So, for sure. Um, it does have stakes. But it just doesn't really pack the punch. Like, it doesn't... I'm not so confident that this is going to end up being a great fight. Yeah. I think these are two very good fighters. But I have a lot of faith in Askar Askarov, Brandon Roy Val <laughs> to be a very fun fight. Right, right. And I just think that's a better... Like, I think the fans are more interested in that one. Like, I just don't understand. I think sometimes I think the UFC is kind of out of touch. Like, again, they do so much great. So many things that they do like go over my head because obviously they know what they're doing. But then yeah. there's these little things that pop up where I'm like, do they know what they're doing sometimes? Because like they they kept the flyweight division around. It's proven to be a valuable commodity in some way. They obviously have made it. I mean, look at how much they've loved what's going on with Moreno, Figueredo. Even Car France has really built himself up. And then you have these two guys who are just – primed for a main event spot here now that this one fell out and you don't give it to him yeah i mean what are we doing i mean that yeah. that fight was that fight would have been a great five rounder i agree missed opportunity but i don't want to just because like i still feel like there could have been plenty of worse i mean there's plenty of fight nights where if that main event's gone I mean, there's nothing below it that's yeah that's yeah it's proper. not like it's this not is, like they're this undeserving is like, this is like it's not great, but I mean, it's better than what a lot of fight nights might give you if you lose oh, your yeah. main event. So yeah, yeah. Um, Ariel Hawani first reporting. This is more of a confirmation. Oh, like, we did boy. talk about this. Ariel Hawani reported this back in August, but Dustin Poirier, Michael Chandler, it's happening. MSG, oh, UFC two eighty one, November twelfth. I mean, it's official, Dom. It's three rounds. Michael Chandler, I remember him saying, and there was a quote I saw going around after he fought at NYC for Bellator. He said, you know, I liked it, but I never want to fight there again because, you know, they just seem like kind of amateurs and like how they handle yeah. their events. And back to back years back for to, Mike. <laughs> back to back years at yeah. MSG, baby. I mean, that's, hey, when, you, when you're a needle mover like that guy, you got to be put in the big card. So yeah. um, this, this card is looking very very pleasing to the eyes right now and as we should expect for madison square garden for new york city uh michael chandler a chance to go back to back uh not only in nyc but with another top contender and a chance to maybe even put himself up for the fight of the year again no we shall see in december that's going to be a banger there's no ifs there's no ands there's no buts i'm glad it's signed let's get to it are you upset at all about it not being five rounds uh, this one, much like him versus Gaethje, three's fine. I mean, it really is. Uh, I think because of how the Gaethje fight went, I think yeah. you kind of realize, like, I don't know if they're going to need the whole three rounds. And if they do, I don't know how much they're going to have left at the yeah. end of them. You know, like, I, I don't, I understand that since the UFC's kind of opened that Pandora's box of making some of these fights five rounders, that now, like, every big time feature fight needs to be five rounds is like the reaction but i don't think they all have to be like 
you know, there's a chance this one doesn't even need three rounds. Yeah, well, and I'm going to say two guys, like, obviously it's a fun fight, fan-friendly, two guys that a lot of people love. Um, but go beyond that, this is important for their careers. I mean, yeah. let's be real here, where they're at with their status. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say, the loser of this can kiss any future title chances goodbye. That's how important I think this fight is. Really? You really yeah. think so? I think it's bad. A loss is going to be bad. Yeah, I disagree. I don't know. I just, I think you can never count these two out. I've kind of thought when, I mean, I kind of almost felt when Dustin lost to Charles that that was it, but here he is one fight away almost. Like, mm. it's still a little bit of time for some of those real killers that are moving up yeah. in the ranks. So I could totally, I mean, if Chan, if it's a great fight, if again, it's like a fight, I mean, we're talking, if we're talking like how the Gaethje Chandler fight went last year, how could you look at either guy and say that they don't have a chance at getting a title fight again? Like the UFC seemed like they would love to put either of these two guys back in that position. Yeah. But you may have a point though, just because for the loser, like I don't know how many more for Dustin, especially like we don't know how much more he's, he's wanting to go. And I'm still, um, I am a bit surprised he is doing the 155 pound fight again, but you know, obviously with Nate falling out and, Nothing else at 170 for him. Here we are. So. Like you might disagree with this, but I almost feel like a loss for Dustin is more of a closing the book than on Chandler. No, I agree with that. I do. Like I, I think a loss for Chandler. A I feel like Chandler's still just he's talking the talk, he's walking the walk, he's really playing by the UFC's rules. You know, he seems yeah. to have a really good relationship with them, and he puts on bangers. Not that Dustin doesn't. Yeah. But again, he did. I don't know how much more he's really wanting to stay in the game, you know? Right. Yeah. That I, that I do agree with for sure. Um, another one here, Jack Shore. We just, we literally just fucking talked about this. Yeah. Jack Shore out against uh, Kyler Phillips. I mean, it was just too good to be true. November yeah, was, 19th. Yeah. Jack Shore likely out for the rest of the year. They said pretty big injury for him. So hopefully he, he heals up, but man, what a shame. That was a great fight. It was a great fight. Give give Kyler somebody, man. I, give give him someone right there, 15, 14, 13. I, I think he's a good fighter. Give him I do, fight. too. It would be a shame if he has to fight, like, some yeah. Joe Schmo making her debut. It's like, come on, dude. Like, yeah. Guy's really good. Oh, yeah. Uh, Brett Okamoto first reporting. Darren Ooh. Till this will be making his return. Actually, you kind of, I mean, you. I know you were calling for it in October. I remember being kind of like, Phew. Let's pump the brakes there, Dommy. And now here we are in December. Darren Till is coming back. He is making his return. He he was a man of his word. Said he wanted to come back before the end of the year, and he will do so as of now verbally agreed. Him versus Drickus Duplessis. <laughs> wow. December 10th, UFC 282. So that card to end the year. We got a pretty big fight here with Darren and Drickus. How do you well, – let's focus on Darren for this one. How do you like this matchup for him? I really just hope he comes in 100% healthy, first and foremost. Matchup-wise, fascinating. What an interesting matchup. so fascinating. Drickus is just a dog. He just doesn't stop coming forward. It may not be the prettiest at times, but he just comes forward, man. But Darren Till, precise, completely opposite striker um, uh, as Drickus. So if Drickus comes (sighs) in... Okay, I mean, okay, I I, I get what you're saying, but I also feel like the way you just described Drickus is completely based on his last fight. Mm. Like, his last fight was completely how you described 
like the opposite of how Darren Till strikes, the opposite of how he fights, like not the prettiest. I mean, that was an ugly fight with him performance that he somehow won against Brad Tavares. But if you look at the fights before that, I mean, he was still very powerful, very aggressive guy, but the guy's a very technical kickboxer. I don't know what the hell happened in that last fight. I mean, it was weird, but he has shown a lot more technical skill than what that last fight would show. And I do think that if this turns into a kickboxing fight, I don't think he's necessarily like outmatched by Darren Till. Ooh, I like that. That's interesting, man. I don't know. I really. I mean, don't that's know. that's tough to say though, because Darren is like high level for for MMA kickboxing. Yeah, man. Right? I mean, I mean, because Brickus was getting. I mean, again, he went in a little reckless against Brad, but Brad's a solid counter puncher. Good. It was just that was such a out. I mean, I was like sitting there like with my jaw on the floor. Like, yeah. Not only because I had money on Brickus, and I was like, "What are <laughs> yeah. you doing?" But yeah. it just was so different than. And not yeah. nearly as like technical as what he had showed previously. Again, very aggressive guy and very powerful guy, which is why it's such an interesting fight with him and Darren. But if that if that Drickus shows up, I think uh, Darren. I, I mean, again, yeah. it's hard to have a ton of confidence in Darren right now, but whew, I think Darren pieces him up all day with that kind of showing. Yeah, I would agree. And I'll say, too, for what it's worth, guys, Drickus is a stud on the ground. He may not show it all the time, That's but he's true. really very good grappler, true. very strong physically. Mm. Darren struggled against, again, I know it was Derek Brunson, and he did bum his knee out, but I'm just saying there's holes there that I think Drickus can capitalize on and vice versa for Darren. Yeah, it seems like it, it depends on what kind of shape Darren comes in. I just want, I hope he's healthy. The man. Bronson fight, he looked like he. I mean, I don't know if it, if he really had like a torn ACL, you know, in his training camp, but he just fucking fought through it. I mean, but he sure didn't look like he was in the best shape of his career. So, yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Um. So I could totally see that being the case because he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who's just gonna, you know phone it in and the lead up to a fight you know do, so do you like this match for darren because remember i was saying giving that jared cannonier replacement and you're like ah it's okay but let's move i him back. love this match this is kind of your sweet spot for him i mean again yeah. it's a it's no easy fight i mean yeah. Drick, but it, this is more the speed i mean this yeah. is i think darren needed this kind of step back i think you still can comfortably for now, say top fifteen, mm-hmm. but I did, I just thought you know I know Cannoneer didn't look great against Izzy, or like a, if it was a Sean Strickland, you know, same thing didn't look good against Behera, but man, it's just like feels like you're just kind of immediately throwing him back to the wolves when he really just needs to kind of build yeah. himself back up a little bit. Yeah, I thought you'd like that. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the rest of UFC 279. Got a couple more fights here. Kevin Holland. Oh, man. Daniel Rodriguez. Come on. People stand up. This is the people's main event right That's here. That's facts. Yes. Um, I mean, these are two fan favorites mm. for the, the hardcore fans. I mean, Kevin Holland's sort of everybody's favorite. I mean, he's, he's literally Batman. I mean, he's, he's out there yeah. solving crimes. Daniel Rodriguez, though. That's a dog. In the words of Dana White, if you don't know, you're going to know. Yes. Yeah. But just give your thoughts. I mean, I really didn't have a lead in there. Just, like, give your thoughts on it. No, I mean, this is just another fat – 
again, it's not like a crazy stacked card with a lot of great fights, great fighters, but there's just some intriguing, fascinating matchups. And this is another one of them because Kevin Holland, Swiss Army Knife, he is good everywhere, but he does like to stand and trade for the most part. D-Rod? Dude. I mean, what's the word you used for oh, the technical brawler? Who'd you, who else do you use oh, that Sean term Strickland, for? I Yeah, so there. much of the same, but D-Rod, maybe even a little bit more clean. He is a legit with his striking and he's so technical and precise, but he's not afraid to dirty box and just really grind one out. This has fight of the night written all over it. I think it's a super fun fight winner. Put him into the top 15, please. Dare I say even close to top 10, they're both going to deserve it. Cause I know the winner's going to come out looking mighty fine. I love everything about this fight. It really checks all the boxes. I'm going to be honest. I really have nothing else to add because you took the words right out of my mouth. I mean, it's my most anticipated fight on the card yeah it feels like the most fan-friendly fight i think we're in for a really good one oh yeah that one. oh yeah one that is gonna be very interesting to watch johnny walker your number 13 ranked light heavyweight takes on jan kudelaba kudelaba a near two to one favorite here yeah and well... me and you are calling bullshit bushka <laughs> that's what we're calling yes yes <laughs> The, I I just I get it Johnny Walker right hard to feel confident in the guy right now stock is at an all time low as selling someone's motorboat outside <laughs> yeah but how could you how could anyone feel that confident in Jan Kudalaba not only has Johnny Walker faced better fighters and has better wins but based off the performances. I think I would say for sure Johnny Walker's a better all-around fighter than Kudalaba, or at least, I guess, a better striker. I mean, when he goes to the ground, I don't know. But um, Johnny's just so much longer. The reach is going to be a huge problem for Kudalaba. Yeah. Like, I am shocked at the line for this, because Kudalaba's not exactly lighting the world on fire. I mean, he's under 500, I believe, in his UFC career. Yeah, 5, 6, and 1. Yeah, I mean, Johnny Walker, I get it. Like, again, I understand the lack of confidence in Johnny Walker, but it look at who he's fighting. Like, how yeah. could you feel that confident in Kudalaba? You seem to agree with me on this. Yeah, I think this line's crazy, minus 200, and it's not even a slight to Kudalaba. It's just like, this fight feels like, it, at the minimum, it should be, like, even money. If not Johnny, the slight favorite. But I mean, I guess, it, I, I, I guess mean. it is kind of a slight <laughs> Kudalaba because we're saying he shouldn't be that much of a favorite. But I, I suppose. But, I, but, I, but, I, I, but I'm not trying to, like, I'm not saying it, we're not saying it out of a place of, disrespect like, i think it's more toward a, just the skill set of johnny yeah he's a talented i mean kudalov is a talented fighter he was a borderline top 15 guy still is yeah but and he has fought a lot of tough competition like his record probably doesn't really tell the full story but johnny i mean these losses are coming against really good fighters like i just don't understand how people could like you're that far out on him yeah. but you're this much in on kudalava like, yeah. both guys feel like they're in similar places to me. Yeah, 100%. And Johnny, five inches taller, seven-inch reach advantage yeah. for the type of striker that he is. I mean, come on. Yeah. Come on. I'm just saying, don't be surprised if on Friday you see something with Johnny on the below average bet. Side. That's all I'm saying. Uh, um, times two. <laughs> um, the sleeper fight of the night, in my opinion, Hakeem Dawadu taking on Julian Arosa. Now, I know I put this one on here. 
But I'm curious what you got on this one. Is this a fight that's really sticking out to you on this prelims? Or are you kind of like, oh, I mean, it's a good fight, but not one that really was sticking out to you? I think it sticks out because of the fight style of Julian Arosa. I think yeah. if you're fighting Arosa, yeah. you have no choice but to really fight his game, honestly. Like, Hakeem is a very underrated fighter, dare I say. I mean, he's 13-2-1, 6-2 in the UFC. Very technical, slow plotting. Yeah, five of his know, six like, wins via decision. Yes, yes. So uh, this last fight was with the Michael Trezano. That was a pretty yeah, interesting fight. fight. But uh, Julian, man, kill or be killed. I mean, he's finished 23 out of 27. Been cut from the UFC, fought his way back in. He's won two in a row now with a finish sprinkled in there. I, I think it is going to be more fun than maybe some people think, but then others could be on the side of you where this really is standing out on the prelims. Uh, but it, I feel like just Hakeem is similar to me to Mark Jacasey, where they, they they point fight knowing that they can get a win, but there's like this other level, this notch that you really want to see them get to, and they just never quite do. So maybe Julian Arosa is the guy that can bring that out of Hakeem, because I, I gonna, believe there is potential there for him. I, do. I have a weird, I have a bit out there comparison, because I don't have the man's stats in front of me, but... He reminds me a lot of uh, your guy, Sadiq Yusuf. Also true. That's yeah. I see um, that. I see that. Like a guy who I who fights with a lot of aggression, but doesn't go for the kill in right. a weird way. Yeah, a weird balance. Like, like look at Hakeem's fight with um, the man, the dude from uh, the Habib camp, uh, uh, Zubaira Tugov, yeah. I think yes, is his name. Yes, yeah. you know. Zubaira sort of in round three started kind of running from him. I mean, that really fight weird. was weird. Yeah. But Hakeem, like, you know, he's like shouting at him. He's walking towards him with his hands down. I mean, he fights very aggressive, fuck you style. Yeah. But yet, I don't feel like we, again, it's just doesn't necessarily go for the kill. He's very calculated in how he fights. It's kind of, I mean, in a weird way, he's like a different version of Sean Strickland, where it's like mm-hmm. they, a lot of. A lot of I don't want to say a lot of bark because, like Hakeem is not like it's not with Sean. Sean kind of does a lot of talking, and then the fight style doesn't really match how his words. Mm-hmm. But Hakeem is very if he he presents himself a certain way. I mean, isn't his nickname Mean or something like that? It's Hakeem Mean Hakeem. It might be something like that. Yeah. Yeah, like he's literally got this like resting, angry face all the time. Like he's just pissed off. Yeah. But doesn't really fight that way. So it's kind of a mind fuck for your opponent because you look at this guy and you're like, oh, this dude's really coming for it. And then you're just gonna get like out out boxed, out technical. He's gonna out technique you for three rounds. So very good fighter. But it's an interesting style matchup with Julian Arosa, who is very much feast or famine in all of his fights. Yeah, and Julian's going to be a lot bigger here. I mean, if Hakeem wants to win this, he may have to flip that switch finally, I think. That's what I hope we have to see. I mean, I'd love to see that guy just get more tested because I do think he's very good. I agree. Um, We talked a little bit about betting, Dom, you know, Mm -hmm. on this. But if you guys really want to know what we're itching, what we're playing, what rat lines we're avoiding – we post all of that with the below average bet slip on our Twitter or Instagram. Yeah. You can follow us there at the Bajma. Bajma. So Twitter, Instagram at the B A J M M A. 
If you want to follow Dominic on Twitter or Instagram, you can do so at Deasley14. If you want to follow myself, you can do so at Noah Todd Baker. And you guys should, by the way. Noah really turning into gambling Twitter, showing his threads for all the sports and his I, bets. I, I, have I'm, decided, I'm I have decided to go full-fledged gambler Twitter. I, mean, I love it. I love it. So Dominic's really been the one hyping me up. He's the only one really showing my tweets some love, so I appreciate him for Man, that. We, in the comments, hashtag make Noah famous. There we go. Yeah, that's right. There we go. Thank you, Dom. And with that, Dom, there's only one way we could end this show, though. And that's not with just a simple outro. Did I hear that's a burp there? That, that, was, slight. <laughs> that was like a croak. That was, <laughs> that was like a, a like a frog. <laughs> that was like deep right here. It just happened. It like me. wasn't a burp, but it was like I don't yeah. know. My, I think that means I'm hungry. I don't mm-hmm. know. Okay. But um, closing I mean, that's statements. Just ruined. Yeah, it's closing <laughs> statements. I mean, of course that happens right before this, right? So yeah. this is the the segment where we can talk about anything and everything. MMA related or not, I mean, last episode I talked about water. So, Dominic, what do you got? Yeah, yeah I, I got to go back to football from the beginning. Not necessarily fantasy. What does everybody think American football that is? We have an international audience, right? Yeah, More true. worldwide. Sure. Why? Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah. Um, what are you guys thinking, American football fans? Is there any team sticking out to you? Any hot takes? Any bold predictions? Dare I say, do you have a Super Bowl prediction? Because I don't have any of that. But, no, there's, there's two teams – well, you know what? I'll do this. I'll go one AFC team, one NFC team. Then I'm just really excited to see how they perform mm. this year. NFC, Philadelphia Eagles, dare I say, I believe that they may just win their division this year. I think they will outdo them boys down in Texas, the Cowboys. I'm excited to see Jalen Hurts and the gang. See if they can put it all together. They got A.J. Brown now. Defense is always pretty solid there. New coach and relatively new coaching staff. I think they're going to make some noise this year. Even make the playoffs, like I said, win that division. For the AFC, I'm going back and forth between two teams. Gosh, I just love the AFC this year. It's pretty stacked. But if I had to pick, I have to go with the Las Vegas Raiders, Noah. You want to talk about a team that just did a revamp in the offseason, really added a lot of wrinkles to their game on both sides of the ball. And I even went over to Indiana, your neck of the woods, the other day and put some money where my mouth is on Devontae Adams, put a little wager on him to lead the league in receiving yards and or lead the league in receptions. I think Devontae and uh, Derek Carr together are going to be that Fresno State's going to come back a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be a super fun team to watch. Their offense is loaded. Their defense made good signings. Chandler Jones, one of them. Shout out John Jones. Um, so I'm excited to see them in the AFC. They're in the hardest division in football, so they got an uphill battle. But those are the two teams I really have my eye on, one of each, Noah. Give me your thoughts and give the people your closing statement. So the, I'm going to give you a team I'm higher on than I think most and a team I'm lower on than most. Okay. Um, the team I'm higher on is the Philadelphia Eagles. I yeah, think man. a lot of people are sleeping on them. I mean, last year they made the playoffs. Yeah. And I, I, I don't – and it, what's weird is I don't know if I love Jalen Hurts long-term. I know. But I think it's going to work this year. There's just – I think they have a really good team around him. Mm-hmm. Um, they obviously invested in the weapons, Devontae Smith in year two, but then they brought in A.J. Brown. Mm-hmm. So I think that could work really well for him. And plus he's a dual threat, so he's got the yes. ability on the feet as well. Um, with his legs, I should say. I'm talking like it's an MMA fight right now. <laughs> yeah. The team I'm low on, Tennessee Titans. Um, I would agree. Yeah, They were the number one seed in the AFC last year, and the AFC got a lot better, and I feel like the Titans did not 
follows suit. Yeah, yeah. You know, I keep seeing a lot of people talking about my Cincinnati Bengals perhaps being a disappointing team this year, and I completely disagree with that. That's crazy, yeah. Um, I mean, it depends on what your definition of a disappointment is. Is it if they don't make it to the Super Bowl again? Well, okay, that's... That's high it's gonna expectations. Be hard. It's going to be hard, right? Buffalo Bills, Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, the Raiders, I think, are going to be good. The Chargers. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of good teams, not to mention their own division, the Ravens. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, I, I think the Bengals did nothing but improve their team. They have four yes. news offensive linemen who are all, I mean, considering what they did last year with the offensive line they had is quite exactly. incredible. I actually think Joe Burrow is the hot. He's my, I almost said Heisman. He's my MVP choice right now if I yeah. have to choose one. I know a lot of people are picking Josh Allen, rightfully so. But I think Joe Burrow with a really good offensive line, well, I shouldn't say really good, with a very solid offensive line, a bit, a much improved offensive line, and he's got some of the best weapons in the whole Oh, their sport. offense is great. Yeah, um, You got Joe Mixman, of course, to take some of the load off. But I think Joe Burrow, MVP, but that was – Weird how I that went was a away side from, tangent. Yeah, the Titans not very high on him. I mean, Derrick Henry's great. Dude, that's, what, that's their weapon, though. You know, like. But ooh. I mean, they traded AJ Brown to the yeah. Eagles, like I mentioned, and uh, Ryan Tannehill seems like the magic's a little wore off. This little renaissance to his career. I feel like this is going to be the year. Maybe it starts to fall a little more flat, kind of like how we saw it do against the Bengals in the playoffs. And yeah, I just think the Colts are better. Yes. Dare I say the Jaguars are better? I mean, Ooh. I think I don't think the Jaguars are going to be competing for a playoff spot, but I do think that the Titans are not going to like Titans and Colts last year. Basically, I mean, really more the Titans. I mean, you had the Texans and Jaguars, two of the worst teams in the league in your division. Yeah. So those were, in some ways, I don't want to say easy wins because I don't know what their record was against those two teams, but in theory, easier games. Yeah. I don't think the Jaguars are going to be that much of a, a walkover p- opponent this year. Well, and again, like the Jaguars, they made improvements. They, you know, Travis Etienne going to be in year two. They went out and got and paid money for Christian Kirk. He's like one of the highest yeah. paid receivers in the league this year now. Yeah, not sure about that one, but I, I get what you're saying. I'm saying everybody went improvements where Tennessee did not. It's like they just yeah, fell yeah. behind all these other teams. I don't know how it's going to play. I mean, they got Robert Woods, but he's coming off of an ACL injury. I mean, I don't know, guys. I don't. Yeah, know. it's tough. But um, I, I don't think I really have anything. I think that was a good enough closing statement for the two of us. How about college football? You know what? Let's let's turn it over. So week go. one. So the the first real week of college football took place, Dom. Yeah. And um, of course, you know, we were very invested uh, along with UFC Paris. Yes. So any any like. You know how they always say don't overreact to week one, but is there any teams that you do feel like you're kind of over? Is there any takes you have about week one that is a bit of an overreaction, but you're kind of like, you know, you got to own don't, it? I don't know if I have anything crazy just because I didn't get to watch as much as you did. I know you were highly invested, but I will say you got me invested in one particular team, one particular player, quarterback for the Florida Gators. Oh you're going to have to remind me of oh, his name. Anthony Richardson. I mean, but, I mean, guys, we're talking on, um, you know, tune-in type player here to watch Heisman. TV. I mean, that's my, that's my like, hot take I'll right take now. take it away. Heisman. Yeah. Heisman. Yeah. I mean, this dude is electric. What was it, plus 1,800? A little sprinkle, Plus 1,800, right? and I did put a plus 2,000 on Stetson Bennett because mm-hmm. he looked phenomenal against uh, Oregon. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, this dude is a – I mean, he's a stud. 
some Isn't of the plays it he was great to like have those college QBs that are just like must watch? Yeah, like, like I have fun. no idea if he's going to be a pro caliber quarterback, but I don't give a shit. I mean, the dude's yeah. just so much fun to watch. Very talented guy, just making the craziest of plays. I mean, the two point conversion <laughs> where he did the fucking pump fake spin in midair. I mean, not enough people talked about that. I get it. It was a two point conversion, but like, yeah. holy. Holy shit. I was like, just give him the Heisman right now. Yeah, yeah. So game. that's that. So Florida is definitely like my overreaction from week one. Like, I had money on Florida in that game against Utah, which was, you know, I mean, it was Utah number seven team in the country, right? And Florida mm-hmm. was unranked. But now Florida's jumped all the way to 12. Ooh, boy. And they got another home game this week against the Kentucky Wildcats. That's a good one. 20. Wow. I'm putting money on Florida again. This time they're a minus five favorite. Uh-oh. It's a little risky. Um, but I'm going for it. I'm doubling down on Florida Gators. I, I like what I what I saw from week one. Big overreaction, of course. And then there were some teams that really disappointed me. I mean, like the Louisville Cardinals had a, had a quarterback that I was really excited about, very much for the reasons I just mentioned about Anthony Richardson. And then they go and lose to Syracuse 31-7. So I was like, well... That's yeah. over, I guess. Because yeah. I was at Louisville was a team I was kind of interested in. I mean, I'm living in the area. True. True. All I hear about is fucking Louisville. And then they go out and drop an egg in the first game. So yeah. they're like a six and a half point underdog to UCF this week. And I thought about touching it, but I ain't doing it. They got to well, show me something. Good for you, Noah. Thank you. Thank you. But uh, I'm Noah Baker. That's Dominic Slee. We're the two below average Joes. And we'll see you guys on Monday. On Monday.